understand what it is that we're reading. Help us to understand and to experience your love in all its fullness. I thank you for that, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. God loves you. Are you ready for some encouragement this morning? (laughs) Good, we're in the right place. God loves you personally, powerfully, passionately. Others have promised and failed, but God has promised and succeeded. He loves you with an unfailing love. And His love, if you will let it, can fill you and leave you with a love that's worth giving. This series that we're on, Love Gives, taking from John's words, God is love. This one section of the card here. What I'm trying to outline and reinforce and almost like the agricultural benefit of seasons of rain, uh, what they do for the soil, some of this repetition in a spiritual way to try to help you understand. We're not talking about trying harder. We're talking about living loved. About in your life, are you receiving the love of God? And so I want to turn at first, uh, not on the card, but to Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to go to Ephesians chapter 3 and read verses 17 through 19 uh, first this morning. Somebody say, this is going to be good. (laughs) All right. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Who would like to be stronger today? Your roots will grow down into God's love. And again, this is the agape word that we're defining and unpacking that's being used throughout this passage. And your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power or the ability to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love is. May you experience the love of Christ. Though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now truthfully, we could spend an hour every week of the year to unpack the full meaning of this verse and it would still have meaning, it would still have something new to say. That's what I love about God's Word. It's an inexhaustible resource. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever, but it is also new every morning. But there's a, a beautiful and an amazing analogy that is being talked about here, and that is roots. So you see in the picture there on the right, the little tree that's out in front of our house that always seems to bloom a little bit earlier than any of the other trees in our neighborhood that are the same species and the same age. And I don't know why. And a couple times since we've lived here, it's ended up with snow on top of the blossoms. It's just, it's an early bloomer. And I I don't know to what varying degrees we have in this room kind of understanding of trees and how they work, but to ancient people, they would have spent more time looking at and thinking and living in the benefit from trees um, than we have experience with a screen. So we, we might take the analogy of a battery, but I think even that is 
um, inadequate. And so the, let's take the analogy of a tree and the roots because I think it's, it's really helpful. When we look at this passage of your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And you see in the image on the left, uh, an illustration of the roots of a tree, which are significant. Anyone ever been involved in trying to move a tree, transplant a tree to another? Like, you're, you're, the word root ball has some deep and heavy meaning for you, right? It is ridiculous how heavy just the water and the soil and the, and all the soil that the roots will bring up with them. Well, different species of tree and bush and whatnot, they will grow their roots deep and strong and powerfully, some even before they surface up through the soil, before you even see them on the surface. But one thing we can kind of say, regardless of species of, of tree, is that the roots are important, right? The roots are, now certainly the leaves and in the later part of the life are in the photosynthesis process and gathering sunlight and nutrients in other ways, but through the roots the tree is gathering a source of life. And, and a, you could say a life-changing source of life for that tree and one in which it has strength. It, it, it has something to hold on to. Anyone ever had a bonsai? You know, the little, yeah, love those things. Uh, I had, had one for the longest time. Little miniature, I should have had a picture. I didn't think I was going to go this direction. Little miniature bonsai tree uh, uh, from the Japanese art of, of caring for uh, these little tiny species of tree where the roots primarily around a rock so it really looks visually stunning and different. And then you set the rock on top of stuff and uh, they're very hardy. They're, it's a fascinating art. At one point, the... the um, down in D.C. by the Smithsonian, between the Library of Congress and the Native American Museum, the, the agricultural museum that's there had this display of, of bonsai. just amazing. And what's cool about a bonsai is that you can really see the whole root system. Um, but I want you to think for yourself personally. Am I allowing my roots to grow down into the agape love of God. And we talked uh, in Ben's testimony, we talked a little bit about the, the flesh and the spiritual nature, right? Your, your spirit that is in tune to God and all that's good in your life and your flesh that has a carnal, sinful desires, right? Some people talk about the analogy of which are you feeding more, your spirit or your flesh? Right? Am I, am I self-medicating with carnal things and, 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 and only giving my spirit about 45 minutes on a Sunday morning? A couple times a month? Which am I, which am I feeding more? And by feeding, really attending an event is not really feeding. You, you gotta, there's, there's absolutely zero biblical precedent for passive following of God, passive worshiping of God. The only precedent we have is for active following, proactive following. And, and I actually want to go a step further than that today. But first, let's just, let's take, let your roots grow down into the love of God. So, what does that look like? How, because, I think we can reasonably believe 
that God's love is for us, that it, it is, as we have seen it described, faithful, patient, kind, and selfless. And by that, and in the way that we've repeated over and over, reading the 1 Corinthians 13 passage, substituting the name of Jesus for the word love, we can see, and in the Philippians 2 passage that we looked at last week, that when Jesus loves us, it's a personal, it's a powerful, it's a passionate thing. When Jesus loves us, it is not for him to prove a point. When God loves us through Jesus, God is not trying to prove a point. And his point is not more important than you. Even the truth that he's communicating through his love is not more important than you. He loves you. It is an equal relationship in that respect. It is not to try to prove something in a carnal, fleshly, human, playground, kindergarten kind of way. You get my point? God loves us through Jesus. Jesus was just like, there, see? Right? But it also, it's so important for us to, as we unpack a 1 Corinthians 13 passage, Philippians 2, as we did last week. See, this is the benefit of the series, right? As we do those things, we would also have to say that Jesus didn't love us to get something out of us. From a selfish, carnal kind of way, like with a fishing hook on the inside of his heart, trying to hook you and pull you in for his own selfish desires. No, in fact, the Bible says that Jesus leads the church for its benefit. God loves us. God saved us because he loves us. He leads us because he loves us, right? But we would have to say, if we're honest, that the love of Jesus for us is not to prove something and not to get something from us, but instead that God made a decision, that God chose us. Come on, somebody, this is good. God made a decision. God chose us. God chose to set his affections on us. And the truth of the matter is, is that we will experience the real life change when we move beyond relating to God for what we can get out of him, but will instead choose in return to set our affections on him, not to prove we are a better person to somebody else, not to get something out of him, but because he first loved us. That's when real life change occurs. That's when this kind of strength occurs. Now certainly, at the beginning, we start out that way because in the beginning, in our spiritual person, we are a toddler, we're an infant, we are immature, we start off in that relationship. But what I am calling you to is to growth. And unfortunately, much of modern Christianity that is seen through the web and through uh, some churches, sadly, is, is set for the eternal childhood of the believer with no expectations, with no ask for commitment, with no call for you to understand more and learn more and grow your roots deeper. But the problem is that in that there will always be disappointment, in that there will always be discouragement, in that there will always be hypocrites in the church, in that there will always be people who call themselves believers who are not truly believers of Christ, who are in fact in U.S. history the most dangerous people in history. And so for your benefit, I am calling you to a deeper walk with God, to a deeper understanding of who he is, and to deepen your relationship with him, and to allow your motives, the deepest part of your heart and your identity, and who you see when you look in the mirror, and who you see God as. I'm calling you to a deeper understanding of that because it's rewarding. 
If I stopped and just gave you a list this morning of the bad things that have happened to me this month, I would be depressed and so would you. Is there a benefit in that? No! We're all a little tired because we lost an hour last night. Do I want to focus on that or do I want to focus on the good? See, in the Psalms, and the honesty of the Psalms and the prayer of the Psalms, we see this sort of an interaction going on. They're calling out, the singing the blues of this is wrong and that is wrong and God, God, don't you see this evil person and all this that's happening that shouldn't happen. God, don't you see that? Won't you fix it? But yet there is, if you pay attention, there is a turn, there is a decision that occurs in the song when he says, yet I will praise you. Whether you like to sing or not, one of the most Christian things you can do is to sing out your blues. God, this is happening, that is happening, it should not be. And yet I will praise you in whatever state I am in. That is life changing. So what does it mean to let your roots grow down? Well, it it, it takes a decision on your part that in whatever state you were in, you will let your roots grow down into God's love for you. Not a decision for you to try to be a better person out of your own strength. That's a really important distinction. That is not what we're talking about. But to let your roots grow down into the love of God, what it really is, what it really means, and to allow that to change you. That's what we're talking about. That requires time. Time alone with God. Like time on the level where you're not looking at your watch or anything else. Not five minutes. I mean, I don't know how else you're... How much time for a tree are the roots growing? All of its life until it's dead. When we have symptoms that are bad, it's because there's spiritual sickness in our roots. You've got to make a decision. Where are your roots? Any any invitation for you to come here on a Sunday, to come to a small group, to come to a suburb recovery, is to try to help give you an opportunity, a time and a space, an environment that's safe for you to let your roots grow down into the love of God, what He has for you. To be changed by that. It requires time, energy. Time alone with God. And, and, And it must be based on truth and reality. Not just your perception of the God or what, or, or what we see in entertainment. I'm not, you're not gonna ever see me boycott a movie or a book because it's entertainment. If it's sold in the fiction section, that's what it is. Anybody? <laughs> right? I, I, I derive knowledge of who God is and what His love means from here. And from hearing his voice myself personally, and from the voice of other mature believers in my life, those three sources, those three sources are life-changing to me. Okay, I'll keep moving. Jesus did not 
love us to prove a point or to get something out of us. You've got to let your roots grow down into God's love and to keep you strong. Experience the love of Jesus. I know that some of us were not raised in an environment, ever been around a Christianity that also has an emphasis on experience. And I know that emphasis on experience has also swung way too far the wrong way and made a God out of experience. Where worship environments and concerts and different things are making a God out of the experience, out of an emotional experience. We do not advocate that. But you cannot take experience out of the Word of God. It's all over the place. Where people, based on truth that they've learned on God, based on praising when they don't feel like it, have an experience that is life-changing to them. You can't remove that from the Scriptures. And so even if you haven't been exposed to it before, we invite you to engage with it here and in every environment that we do because it it's in there. May you experience the love of Christ. I love every time I take somebody for the first time through the first lesson of the Purple Book. I've never once had somebody not have an experience where the truth jumps off the pages and it's like fireworks because it speaks of the power of God's love for us. Just a little extra purple books right back there. (laughs) May you experience. Then, in the, 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 the verbs, the grammar of this passage is so important to pay attention to. Boy, we are really not going to get to half my notes today. Then you will be made complete. And this harkens to the passage of He who began a good work and you will be faithful to complete it. God will do the heavy lifting in growing you up, in bringing you to completion, in bringing you to maturity, in bringing you to a place where you no longer feel like you need to self-medicate. God will do it. How? Your roots grow down into God's love and keep you strong. His prayer for them is that God would give them the ability to understand the depth of God's love. That they would experience the love of Christ for them. Then they would be made complete with all the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. Now, this can feel heavy. Because it can feel like we each have a significant personal responsibility. And I I could have structured this message to leave it so that it was just personal and inspirational and exciting, but I think that would leave you without enough help. I want to... Well, let's do the Ephesians 5 passage first, and then we'll go back to that. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you're His dear children. Live a life filled with love. Again, the agape love word. Live a life filled with love. Following the example of Christ, He loved us, He agaped us, and offered Himself as a sacrifice for us as a pleasing aroma to God. Now, in both of these passages, what is also important that you need to understand that you don't get in the English is that each Use of the word you is plural. And it's written to the church. And if we were to take 
All of these words, and, and if I had four hours to unpack this for you from the New Testament, here's what we would say. You cannot separate these words about love from the context of people experiencing them together in committed relationship. Following Jesus together. And we're going to talk about this more next week. Don't let that keep you from coming to church. We're going to talk about this more this week, but I'm telling you, there is an encouragement from the fact that God has not asked you to figure this out by yourself. Not only has he provided the scripture, not only can he speak to you himself, not only has he provided mature believers in your life, but he's actually called us. And each of these passages, let your, you all, let all y'all's roots grow down. That is literally what he is writing. And he is writing to the church, not the church, all believers everywhere, anyone that can post on the internet, they're a believer of Jesus. The local church that was organized with elders that gathered in a public meeting and gathered in small groups and homes that were following Jesus together, that were endeavoring, just like Ben shared earlier, endeavoring together to show each other love, to show each other grace, to call each other into accountability, to encourage each other to learn more about God, to grow God, to approach the scriptures and let God read them through the scriptures. Let God speak to them through the scriptures that together in committed relationships together, they would do these things. So if this feels like, oh, that's a lot. Well, you're not called to do it by yourself. And let me tell you something. You have an enemy. There is an enemy of your soul. And he has agents. We call them demons. And they want to steal, kill, and destroy you. And one of the number one tactics is they want you to isolate. They want you to spend time alone when you're not feeling good. Well, you don't have to tell me that. Is the only thing I want to do when I'm not feeling good. <laughs> it's a wrong thing to say, can I get a witness? Right? <laughs> Isolation does not help you let your roots grow down into God's love. Isolation does not help you live a life filled with love. On your card, I'll just introduce it and we'll, we'll close in prayer. On your card below the first John passages, we have a few other scriptures for your consideration this week. Below those scriptures, we have some of the basic vision phrases of this church. And I'd like for you to read this this week, but at the bottom is a definition for this type of usage of the word community that I want us to read as an encouragement to each other that I I will read to you. Community. The intentional development of meaningful relationships based on God's principles and purpose resulting in each person having a sense of belonging, acceptance, and significance. I'll just read that again. Community. The intentional development of meaningful relationships based on God's purpose and principles resulting in each person having a sense of belonging, acceptance, and significance. It's so important that for us, in our relationships with each other, that we're not coming to each other with hooks. Not coming to try to prove a point or to get something out of a person. Now, we can't help it in our sin nature. We do that. 
But we can help it when we choose to let our roots grow down into God's love to be changed. And it's a slow... And here's the thing with Christianity. I have one minute. Here's the thing with Christianity. It's a slow, inside-out process, just like the roots drawing nutrients up through the tree. I don't ever judge somebody by their external behaviors. A lot of times when the external behaviors get worse, it's because there's something good happening on the inside in their spirit. It's true. Some of the best gospel conversations happen when people are drunk out of their mind, high out of their mind, jacked up. Not because they did those things, but because the Holy Spirit is at work within them. When they will come out of isolation, when they will come into committed relationship, there's hope for a spiritual momentum where there's a tipping point. A tipping point in the spirit where now the momentum is going in the direction that it should instead of backwards. Are you with me? God loves you. Personally, powerfully, passionately. Others have promised and failed. But God has promised and succeeded. He loves you with an unfailing love. And His love for you, if you will let it, can fill you and leave you with a love worth giving. Let's stand and close in prayer. God, we love you. We love you. We are here today because we love you. And we thank you that you have first loved us. We thank you that you didn't wait. And God, that you haven't given up on us. We thank you that if we will receive your love, we can be changed and we can share with others. Our life can be different. There can be joy where there was sadness. There can be peace where there was no peace. There can be a life full of great relationships where there was loneliness. But Lord, we need help. Please help us. Help us to receive your love. To be honest, to reach out to others. Help us, Lord, to walk forward. Help us, Lord, to let our roots grow down into your love. I thank you for it. I thank you for what you're doing, God, in the name of Jesus. Amen.